4: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Tuesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. John Schmelk with you, joined by Howard Cross. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Howard, long time no speak, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. What's going on? Nothing much. Uh, big playoff weekend. Let's start here. You watched the games this weekend. You see the teams at advance. We have our Final Four. Uh, your overall thoughts on those games and, and then kind of how that impacts or reflects on the Giants and what they need to do here to try to build up to become one of those teams that are challenging to get into the Final Four every year in the postseason?
2: Well, you know, the biggest thing you see is like uh, when you see the NFC, you look at defense, right? Uh, San Francisco's defense carries them through through the playoffs, basically. Brock Purdy kind of hangs out as much as he possibly can, but the defense is really, a, you know, prevailing factor there. Then on, on Detroit's team, they've kind of like, you know, took an attitude of their head coach, uh, they're gritty, they're grimy. They don't have the best players in the secondary necessarily, but you know, they're gritty, grimy. Uh they their their backs are super explosive. They don't just have one, they have two or three explosive backs. Uh they have receivers that are that are decent. They have a tight end that's he's pretty special. <laughs> he's playing pretty well. And their quarterback kinda gets it done. And as as far defensively, they make just like I said. They make just enough plays on the opposite side. When you see Baltimore, there's nothing to be said about Baltimore. Their defense is shutting teams down left and right. You you can't get by them. They're playing at a historic level. So there's nothing to compare. You know, maybe the '86 Giants to maybe, but not not like current Giants or, or anything like that. Their offense is, a, is an offense built with a bunch of playmakers all over the field, where it was used to be uh, Lamar Jackson and a. Had a running back and maybe a tight end. Now it's Lamar Jackson and a whole host of guys, and he's just spreading it around. And when he's not spreading it around, he's running. Their offensive line plays exceptionally well. No one is talking about how well you know their their offensive line is playing, uh, which is like I keep harping on over and over again. Uh, I like the Texans. Uh, their young quarterback's going to be great. Uh, their defense is looking you know decent. It's, it's a hard thing to ask to try to stop Lamar Jackson, but you know it, if he goes on and wins the Super Bowl this year. It is going to be harder and harder to stop that team going forward.
4: All 939 we We're going to take your calls early and often on today's show, folks. So get on the line. We have a couple open lines. Come join us, talk some Giants football. So, Howard, in that context, mm-hmm. if, if you're the Giants heading into this offseason now and obviously you have free agency, that's followed by the draft, mm-hmm. what would your top priority be if you're the Giants and you're trying to build up to – Returning to the playoffs this year like he did uh, two seasons ago, what do you think the top priority should be for the Giants this offseason?
2: Well, first off, you're going to have to figure out if you're going to sign Xavier McKinney. you got to get him kind of like locked in or locked out. you got to know what you're going to do with that. Uh, you got to figure out what you're going to do with Saquon. You know, those are the two positions you kind of got to, you know, two guys, not even positions. It's two guys you have to address as quickly as possible so you can try to figure out what you're going to, how much money you're going to have to spend in free agency, so to speak, and how – and like in, in which direction you're going to go. Uh then when I when I turn around I go to the draft. I think the what are we number 6? Yep. number 6, you're probably looking at one of the, the one of the offensive linemen that are probably the best offensive linemen uh coming out or you're looking at a, at, at a cornerback, another cornerback uh which could be possible for number 6. Outside of that, there're going to be a couple receivers. That yeah, could,
4: I'm not sure there's going to be a corner that that's worth the bank for the bucket 6. Okay. A couple of guys at Alabama are good. I'm not sure they're going to get into the top ten, though.
2: Uh, I think Kool-Aid would be pretty right, pretty right there.
4: Here's my hot take. I think Terry and Arnold's going to get picked before Kool-Aid and McKinstry.
2: Nice. I think Kool-Aid's going to have a better career. Well, oh, he might. <laughs> I definitely do. He, he's a kid special. But, you know, the, the the offensive lineman from Penn State, the offensive lineman from uh, Notre Dame, yep. both guys will be there. So, that that's you know, those, those two guys will be attractive.
4: You would lean those guys over a receiver in that spot. <sighs>
2: That is a good question. Um, uh, uh, Harris would be off the board. The yep. kid from Washington will be the next guy, he, I'm assuming.
4: Or neighbors from LSU. Those are two from, guys.
2: Don't know. I mean, they're both really good receivers. We're talking the sixth pick overall. It's got to be somebody that you know when they step on the field, they can show up and they're going to play. Yeah, right away. And, and they don't really have a choice. They have to play.
4: That might be the first time I've ever heard you answer me with, I don't know.
2: That's the truth. Like my
4: whole life. Like I'm not sure I've ever heard you say that before.
2: <laughs> yeah, but I'm you, gonna cut but, that and
4: put it in the archives. You, know, when
2: you. When you look at the, when you look at the draft, you know, as it starts to settle in, it's not settled in yet. I think like they got mock one out right now. When you start looking at the draft, you start looking at the six pick. Look, the first five guys are the first five guys. Right.
4: Who, who are your first five guys?
2: You're probably gonna get the three quarterbacks. Yep. You're probably gonna Agreed. get Harris, yep. and then you're probably gonna get the tight end from Georgia.
4: So you think Bowers is the fifth guy in that
2: group? I think if he isn't, then if he's up for number six, then we're drafting Bowers. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, and that's, you know, no offense to, to everybody on our team and everything, but that kid is a difference maker.
4: No, look, I agree with you. I think the first three quarterbacks in Harrison will will, will be the first four players. Take mm-hmm. it. It's odd this early that I'm as confident as I am that those are going to be the first mm-hmm. four picks, but I feel fairly confident that it'll be in that order. It'll be the three quarterbacks just mm-hmm. because of the needs. Then Arizona would take Marvin Harrison Jr., and then I think Tennessee is fifth right off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. They have an offensive – no, wait, or is it the Chargers? I have to double-check that. I think it's the Chargers, actually, that are at number five. So they're interesting. Mm-hmm. They can use an offensive tackle to, to pair with Rashawn Slater. Yep. But Bowers is a guy there, or receiver, if you want to give another weapon to Justin Herbert, which mm-hmm. would be interesting. So I'm with you. I think you're right on the right track. In yeah, now,
2: so those are the guys that you're going to have the most interest in. And you know, and, that, and that's not beyond you know the Giants trading up to to go get somebody if they thought that somebody was so important that they could go get them. So
4: yeah, Chargers are five, then the Titans are at seven. The Titans are likely going to pick an offensive yeah, so, one. Yeah, of so
2: yeah, so that's that's kind of where you are in the draft. I mean, I, I when I say I don't know, I don't know. I mean, if Bowers is there, you probably will take Bowers. If it's a receiver, you probably will take receivers. Like if you're going to rank the receivers,
4: do you like Bowers that much as as someone obviously knows a ton about playing tight end?
2: I like Bowers that much because he is like, he's another guy that's going to be in the league for a long, long time. He's going to catch a thousand passes. He may not block anybody, but he's going to catch a thousand passes. I say,
4: well, he tries though. he's a yeah. he's, he's, he's he's, guy will try to block. He's a
2: tougher guy. Mm-hmm. He makes a lot of plays. He he makes plays beyond you know above the numbers, so to speak. He'll sure. go get the ball, and you need that. You need a guy that can out that, that can run routes in a way that it makes teams hard to match up with him. And if you have a matchup nightmare that close to the quarterback, it's just another, another weapon that's, just, that's hard to handle.
4: And last thing, you do have the Senior Bowl and the Shrine game coming up this week, college All-Star games. Uh, you were involved in, in the Senior Bowl when you played mm-hmm. and you were coming out. Tell me about what that experience was like. I know you didn't play in the game, you were hurt. What was your injury, by the way?
2: Uh, I had broken ribs from uh, my last game in college.
4: You wuss. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Trust me. Broken That's ribs, funny. Don't You don't want to mess around right, with three those. Three broken ribs. How, yeah. how long was it between your final college game and the Senior Bowl?
2: Uh, we played. About a, a month? Like roughly late December, early January. and Yeah, the, so about a month. About, a month, about a, month a, month a month away, yeah. So it's not like, you know, you really get like that week of practice down in, at the Senior Bowl. They, they select you. You go down. They're like, oh, Howard, come down anyway. So I'm like. What do you mean? I ran a couple of routes.
4: Well, you're an Alabama guy, so I'm sure yeah. they wanted you there because you're an Alabama guy. <laughs> yeah, it makes
2: ran, sense. Yeah, I ran a couple of routes. Very gingerly caught the ball. They're like, oh, "Okay, you sure you want to put pads on?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to put pads
4: on.
2: <laughs> <laughs> like, I can't breathe." Like they're like, "Oh, okay." So well, that is
4: quite the Cam Newton outfit he's rocking on Good Morning Football today, huh?
2: He got it, baby. You know, you got, we, we, you can pull that off. Just pull it off. Go oh, ahead. Are, he you looks, sure?
4: are you sure he's pulling it off, though?
2: <laughs> he's pulling it off. He kind of looks like the Joker a little bit. No, the hat know? I'm
4: okay with. The the, <laughs> the the collar up on the button down shirt and the tie tucked, tucked into, into the, the button shirt. shirt. I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that. Is so,
2: giving me a little Joker, a little Willy Wonka? Nothing wrong. If, if he's wearing like that. an
4: ascot instead of a a tie, then I think that's that's what you're supposed to tuck in, right? And no, that's not a the leather, tie. and that's
2: a leather members only jacket too. No,
4: jacket I'm fine with. Hat I'm okay with. It's it's the tie collar. Tuck and tie combination that, that I'm not. He
2: thinking. is a trendsetter. If you can do pull it off, go wear it, dude. Don't ain't anybody gonna complain about that.
4: He is trying to set a
2: trend. That's for sure. <laughs> I don't know about a trend. I'm not sure anyone's following that. Trend I, if now. you can pull it off, you can pull it off. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah, but like the Singapore is like like really cool. It's really funny when you get to see your your contemporaries. The guys that are the best at their position yes, from around is. the country uh, coming in. I thought the funny. Like, I don't know if they still do this. They used to get us. They made us get in line and weigh in.
4: Oh yeah, they still do that.
2: That's probably the most cattle herding slavery type thing I've ever seen. <laughs> well, it's, it's,
4: it's, it's, it's hilarious. Not as, it's not as bad as the combine. It's uh, there. The, they
2: literally had had yeah, in come
4: out in undies. That's
2: what they do they there. They pose in
4: front of everybody. I mean, that's what
2: you do. Like I'm standing behind the twins that played at Cincinnati. They were like massive dudes. Both of them were like 6'6", 300 pounds, like perfect. Not a not an ounce of body fat. I'm like standing behind them. Like hadn't worked out in like a month. Like. <laughs> I'm like my workout pro. I got to get on a new workout program. Look at these guys. What is that? <laughs> I don't even know if they ever played in the league. I just remember seeing I'm like those that that's that's ridiculous. That. their
4: name's Twins from Cincinnati. I don't
2: remember. No, but I just that's that's what, you know, I was like I think Derek was standing behind me. I'm like Derek. He goes like don't even start.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I assume Derek had worked out. Yeah, we but, saw, right? but it's
2: just funny to see right. people like you see people that look like that. That's it, it was pretty cool though. But you know, uh, you know, being around the guys, watching what was happening, seeing a lot of coaches talking to a lot of uh, the coaches and GMS, and you know, trying to figure out like you know, can, what what could you do. I got more workout. You know, when guys came to the school and saw me and got to run the forties and lift and do everything. They're what like, was your
4: forty-yard oh. dash time?
2: Probably five five or something. I was oh, slow. Oh, it could have been no, five, no. five No, I ran like the fastest I think I ever ran.
4: Pures are gonna run like, like a five two.
2: Like on a clock somewhere, it was like a four seven something. But mostly, okay. but I didn't run fast until almost March. No, makes I, sense. Yeah, because I was like I couldn't catch a full breath.
4: So who, <laughs> I want to dig into this. Who broke your ribs? Do you remember what player did it? To you? I
2: can't remember the player's name, but they uh, it was with the last. It was the last game of the of my. College careers we played the Sun Bowl, we played against West Point, and I thought that was funny. And then I can remember like playing, I'm like, look at these little guys. These is this is so cool. And we we're very respectful because they're you know, yeah, cadets. Yeah, yeah, sure. And I was, you know, running routes and catching passes and like having a great time. And and they call the pass like a scene pattern, you're supposed to stay outside of the numbers. I'm like, that a little safety. He's gonna be scared to death to tackle me. And I ran right up the middle. <laughs> And he hit me, and his he had an imprint of his his helmet in my ribs, and my lungs were like, Phew. I'm like, that didn't feel good.
4: I should have stayed outside the numbers. I, <laughs> in, a,
2: in my entire career, the only time I didn't get up and come off the field was that time I sat there because I couldn't breathe. I'm really? Like, and they were like, Are you? Oh, you just, you know, you just got the breath knocked out of you. I'm like, I just got the breath knocked out of me. I said, I think there's more than that. They're like, No, you're fine. You're gonna be okay. And I remember catching the ball and going down instantly every time I caught the ball from that point. Wait, so you stay in the game? <laughs> yeah, I kept playing. <laughs> so it was one of those catch and get down. Yeah, you got catch and do not take another hit. <laughs> and like and literally, like uh, uh, oh my god. Who, who was who's the guy who used to be here all the time with us? Um been in the movies. Colonel Oh, Gaston. Colonel Gaston. He was in that game. We played against each get other. Get
4: out of here. Colonel I didn't Gaston. know that. Yeah,
2: and then a few years ago, probably huh. On the anniversary, you'll see if that, if that was 1988, in 2008, or two, yeah, 2008 I believe, or 18, I don't remember, probably 18 more likely, uh, I went up to West Point to relive the game and with, with a bunch of cadets that were there, and the safety that hit me was there. He was like, man, and they played the play over and Did over Did they again. really? Oh yeah, it was hilarious. And like, what was I gonna say? Like, these guys served the country. I was, like, I was like, I'll come up, you can poke fun at me all you want. The announcer for Army goes, like, and cross over to him, oh, my God. <laughs> and it was just very funny. So, I was like, <laughs> I had a great time with the guys, man. It was awesome.
4: I love these stories. <laughs> these are great. I yeah. could listen to these all day. <laughs> Pearson, that's the tease. I want Howard getting laid out in, <laughs> this, in against Army yeah. as the tease.
2: Uh,
4: <laughs> did you guys win the game, by the way? I would hope.
2: Uh, Yeah, we won the
4: game. Okay, I would think. I down little beating Army, I imagine, would not be that big of an upset. All right, <laughs> 201-939-4513, 201-939-4513. Go subscribe to the Giants podcast presented by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. We do a bunch of interviews with analysts around the league. We talk to Giants in the front office, players, coaches, all that good stuff. Uh, we have a nice off-season kind of primer up right now with one of my buddies over at uh, Pro Football Focus. Go check it out. Talk about how much cap space the Giants have, draft Mm -hmm. pick, and Mm -hmm. according to the way they kind of calculate how they have the fifth or sixth most uh, fifth, right? The fifth most off-season uh, capital to use in terms of draft and salary kept yeah. together to try to improve the team. So the Giants mm-hmm. at a good spot here heading into the off-season. So go subscribe to the Giants at podcast, Giants.com, Giants.com slash podcast, Giants app. Go check it out. And also draft season, we just recorded another episode this morning. It goes up tomorrow. We preview the All-Star Games. Go check out draft season. That's presented by Visa with Tony Pauline and I. And, of course, we'll be heading out to uh, Frisco and Mobile for the Shrine and Senior Bowls later on this week. And we'll have a lot of content coming your way from down there all right, hugo in new jersey will lead us off today hugo what's up
5: hey good morning guys good morning what's up so, so um both of you um have heard sort of my priorities for the offseason at least for the free agency phase which is around toughness and physicality so guards edge rusher and uh three techniques uh, notably missing from that plan are two free major free agents, which uh, uh, Howard alluded to, Saquon Barkley and uh, Xavier McKinney. But mm-hmm. so I want to take e- each one individually. And <clears throat> and putting intangibles aside, I, I, I notice that every time Joe Shane talks about Saquon, he said he's a captain, he's a good teammate, and so on. But strictly looking at what Saquon offers on the field and I'm not thinking about the version of Saquon that was drafted second overall who was a very explosive player um, sort of where he is today entering his seventh year what does Saquon offer that just any other decent back in the NFL uh, doesn't offer
4: I think he is still he's much more explosive than your average running back he still is he might not be what he was when he got drafted no one is seven years into their career but, like, you compare him to Rashad White, like, he's so much more explosive than Rashad White. It's not even in the conversation. Like, well, he's, that, he's he's much more explosive than that. It's, it's really easy.
2: <laughs> it's really easy, Hugo. When you watch the games themselves and, and when Saquon's playing, you'll watch the defense follow Saquon around the field. That's when you um, – so, so so to qualify what you're saying, if all your focus is on one guy to try to stop him, he must be a pretty explosive player. And that's what they're doing. They're they they're like when you play the 49ers, you got to worry about Debo Samuel's. You got to worry about the tight end being explosive. And McCaffrey's just a one third of what they're doing. When you're playing against the Giants, you have some decent players around, but you have one player that you need to stop. And, and- he
4: go, he is right. And we saw when Saquon went down. The The way teams treated the Giants' run game was very different when Saquon was not in the game, as compared to when he is in the game. The
2: way they treated their play action, the way they treated everything Mm -hmm. around around the team. Yeah, he is right about that. Yeah, he's pretty he's pretty Uh, dominant.
5: I'm just wondering if teams have done that based more on reputation than what they're seeing on film because I I didn't see like I don't see him erase angles like he used to,
0: Mm
5: -hmm. Um, and you know when, when things are blocked up. Hits the whole. I don't see him having excellent contact balance. He's never been a power player. He's never really lived up to being an elite receiver. So if you're telling me he's still explosive, we just didn't see explosive plays from him this year. So I'm wondering if that's more based on reputation and how we thought of him as a player, as opposed to what he really is going into his seventh year. That's Uh, my that's my concern about paying up a running back. Yeah, you know. 10 million plus on the cap. I, I, I got to backtrack a little bit. I'm a believer in running game, not running backs necessarily. I mean, they're a component of it. But I remember Tiki Barber, his last three years, or 2,000 total, because he was also an excellent receiver, by the way. Mm-hmm. Much better receiver than Saquon ever was. Yeah, I agree and with that. And everyone said after the uh 6 season, oh my goodness, Tiki's retiring, What are the Giants are going to be a bottom feeder. Well, you know what, in 07 and 08, they had an excellent running game with Bradshaw Brad and Jacobs, which really goes to tell you that the guys up front and the blocking tight end, and back then it was a fullback as well. That's what really matters in the running game, not so much the running back. I mean, look, I, 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 point, I point to the Eagles, right? Miles Sanders was a 1,300-yard back last year. He did nothing this year. DeAndre Swift was a castaway from Detroit. He was a Pro Bowl running back this year. I mean, it goes to the argument that running backs are a dime a dozen unless they have really exceptional characteristics. And I guess my point is I'm not really seeing it with Saquon Barkley these days. Mm. Maybe it's there and, you know, he was handicapped by the poor offensive line, but I just didn't see any explosive plays this year.
4: Well, look, he he was tied for ninth most. Runs of ten or more yards, um, in the league this year. So uh, he's not like at the bottom of that list in terms of explosive plays. And usually, runs over ten yards is what you would consider explosive. And look, I just think when he when he's playing a lot of those games with Tommy DeVito as your quarterback,
2: guess did he, what? Did, he, did Saquon finish top ten?
4: In rushing yards? No, I don't believe he did. I no, didn't no he didn't even break a thousand yards
5: this year. He was wow. at
4: sixteen. Yeah, I mean, he missed some games. Yeah.
2: He was at sixteen. <laughs> he, he's, at, he's he's middle of the pack, and he missed six games, I think. Five, three games. Three games. Mm-hmm. All right, so three games. three games. So three games is more like four games. Or o- five. Only
4: th- only three point nine yards per carry, which is a number that. You yeah, know,
2: but love. you know, the, the offensive line play was the offensive line play. That uh, they were not going to apologize or you know making excuses for what they did. They they had a hard time and they, they know they had a hard time. So when you're getting hit in the back, like the quarterback's getting hit in the second step of a three-step drop sometimes, the running back's getting hit <laughs> at handoff. And that happened more more times than not. So it's hard to be explosive when you're you know dodging two guys in the backfield. Yeah, this look, is I, part of it. Look,
4: and I'll say this. Oh. I mean, Hugo, and I think Howard agree with this too. Is Saquon the same Guy that he was when he got drafted no, seven years ago. Not. No, he's not. He's the, he's not that same guy. Not I, same I, guy I,
2: after the first year. <laughs>
4: correct. And and we, we agree with you on that. And I I get where you're coming from on the it's more of a run game than a running back thing. I agree with that too. Um, but I got to be honest with you. I was swayed a little bit this year when and I know Ms. Howard and I weren't talking about this at the time. We talked about he we me he saw it from the sideline. I mm-hmm. saw it from the booth. You really did see teams treat the Giants differently. In terms of how they defended them when he was on the field versus not. Now, whether that's reputation or if it's still on his body or not, I'll let you make that decision. But teams were treating him differently. And,
2: and when it was blocked up, he was a twenty yard, thirty yards down the field before someone got to him.
4: And and, and you know my and, and here's kinda where I'm torn about it, Hugo, because I agree from you from a team building perspective. You know, paying running backs in their seventh year for multi, multiple years that can get tricky. We start with Ezekiel Elliott; it can get tricky. Then
2: no one's going to pay anybody as a running back, right? It's just yeah. the way
4: it goes. Mm-hmm. So, I, and, yeah. and and Hugo, so here's here's the thing where I'm a little torn though. You know, my whole thing this off season, right? I want to get the offense better, and with my huge goal being to make the offense better is my first move this offseason to take your best player off of your offense. <laughs> you know what I mean? I am almost working against myself there. Mm-hmm. Now, if I can turn those resources into a player that'll give you more f- bang for your buck than then Saquon, then we can have that conversation. But that's where I'm I'm kind of I haven't landed anywhere yet. But, that's where I'm kind of arguing with myself right
2: now. And that's and, that. that's I, and that's and no, that's why and that's and here I, you go. That's why I said in the beginning, you have to figure out what you're going to do with Saquon because if you if you mm-hmm. can figure out how to sign him, you know, you sign him for around 10 or so if you don't sign him, his, his cap number goes way up because of the the franchise tag Oh, is, is oh right. Tracking. No,
5: I, I would never I would never use the franchise tag <laughs> But, but he, here's the point. I think Howard made the point, which is no one's going pay a running back. So so my question is, if if Saquon hit the market, would he get six to eight million dollars in the open market? Because if that's what he would get in the open market, that's where the contract should be.
4: I think he would get. Years. I I would guess between eight and ten.
5: Okay. So maybe that's something to think about. I just don't want to pay a running back uh, over $10 million. No, I I, okay? I, I got you. I'm, it makes sense. Okay. Uh, so let's not overpay. It, it really does come down to dollars at the end of the day, it's right. being on market. And then when it comes to Xavier McKinney, I, I don't know what the market for safeties is going to be like this year. Not
4: great, probably, just I, like last year.
5: Yeah. So same concept with Xavier McKinney. The one thing about Xavier McKinney is I'd like my safeties to be – tone setters and i just don't see him as an overly physical safety and maybe that's part him filling is one of the problems we have with the running game i'm not sure about that Xavier or not.
4: mckinney's but, more of your overhang single high ball hawking safety which he i thought he did better than he had his whole career the second half of the year he had some really great plays playing the ball Se- second half of his final year
5: oh okay so again, not a, and, and and by the way, you can get good safeties in the second, third, fourth round of the draft if you if you well, look for them. I so,
4: mean, I mean, so I mean, that's where you drafted Xavier McKinney in the second round. So yeah, you can find yeah. good safeties in the second round, absolutely. Yeah. So I don't know. I I, I don't
5: feel too strongly about him. But my, I'm not making that a priority.
3: Yeah. I'm
5: making priority trenches, edge, you know, guards. And if those guys, if we could find a place for those guys at the right price, fine. But they're not the thing I'm thinking about as we stand here today.
2: Okay, so, that's fair. That's fair. Thank enough. you, Hugo. I think with uh, Saquon, he's in his seventh year. I think, like I said, if you're going to sign him, you're going to have to sign him. Uh, if you don't sign him, you might be looking at him two or two, two or three times a year if he goes over to, to the Cowboys or something like that, and you don't. Don't want to have to deal with him (laughs) on that scenario at all. As far as McKinney goes, I think he's going to be probably one of the top safeties in the league next year. And I think that, like, you know, he had a setback year last year with the broken hand. It kind of took him off his kind of his arc because his first year he was phenomenal. His Second year he broke his hand. This year he came back and in the second half of the season he started to pick it up and started to get better and better with the interceptions, you know, ball hawking, knocking the ball down. He's just gonna be one of the better guys. He's young, he's fast, he had a great range. So this is not me making him an Alabama guy. This is me telling you that you as long as as long as he leaves and goes somewhere so far away that we don't have to see him, but maybe <laughs> maybe once a year, I don't mind. But I do want to see him twice a year. I definitely don't want to see him twice a year.
4: Hey, look, it's it's <laughs> it's tough decisions because those mm-hmm. are not two premium positions,
2: Mm-mm. right?
4: It, it's not offensive tackle, it's not edge rusher, it's not wide receiver, it's not cornerback.
2: Yeah, the world's changed.
4: And you only have X number of dollars to use in free agency. Go listen to the Johnson podcast. The Johnson'll be somewhere around like 18, 20 million depending on where the salary cap lands. Yeah. Now obviously when you structure contracts you can move money back and limit the yeah. first year cap hip and all that stuff, but you'd also wanna you know, you're coming off a season where you won six games. You don't wanna yeah. go and, you know, load up your cap. You know, you want well, to try to it, build it, well, here's judiciously. Yeah,
2: if, you, if you're trying to build a team, that's, that's the thing that I think that, that's going to be interesting, how they're going to build it. Are they going to build it saying, okay, now we know where we're going to be playing and kind of the schedule we're going to ha- probably have. We need to take that next step. How many games do we think we can win and, and like before the season even starts, starting to build up from there. Right. And that's a hard thing to do because most of the time, fans want you to go for it every time you step out, but you can't afford to do because we have the hard cap. The hard cap is the thing that kind of deters teams from uh, trying to put all their eggs in one basket. And like, okay, we're going to do it this year because then you're, you're out of it for two or three years.
4: Yeah, and look, the tricky part is, you know, a top edge rusher could make more than McKinney and Barkley's year, average yearly salary put together. Yep. So could a wide receiver. Yep. So how do you want to allocate that money? You know, a, a guard Will probably like the top guard in the market is probably going to get more money per year than either McKinney or Saquon. Definitely will. So, those are the decisions you're going to have to make. And I don't think they're easy ones. But, Hugo, mm-hmm. I, I think you have good points.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
4: 201 939 4513. Let's go to uh, Jeff in Maine. He's up next. Hi, Jeff. Hey,
0: Jeff. Hey, afternoon, gentlemen. What's up? How are we doing? Uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I got three words to say about the draft. Um, Let Joe cook. I have extreme confidence he'll do a great job both in the draft and in the free agency signing. He's exceeded my expectations the last two years, so whatever he does, I'll I'll be on board with. Um, But having said that, uh, I would like to prioritize the offensive line. Um, I think that if you have some skill position receiver in college that has great fantasy numbers, that won't necessarily translate to the pros if we don't have an offensive line. Um, And uh, so... If um, when the number six pick comes up and the best player available is an offensive tackle, I, you know, I think that you really have to, to pick them. And if, if they then, you know, battle it out between them and uh, Evan Neal, uh, if Evan Neal wins, great. Now you've got your starting right tackle and you have uh, a swing. But if, uh, if the new guy wins and let's say they do move Evan Neal, Neal to guard, my question is, do you think he could be an effective guard, especially like in the running game?
4: I've talked about that a lot, Howard. How about you, wh- what do you think about Evan Neal potentially moving into guard at some point?
2: If he moves into guard, he doesn't have to move as much, you know, uh, in pass protection the right and the left part of it, and I think that that would be interesting. He would he would have to I think he played some guard in college. He, he would did. Yep. He would have to be very uh, secure with quote unquote understanding the inside blitzes and twists so he can stay you know kind of you know catching the guy when he comes around and he,
4: everything happens faster in there too right you're yeah, just right a on little top bit. of the defensive yeah tackles. just a
2: little bit i think he's powerful enough to play guard even at that height so if they not that i'm advocating for him to move in but i think he could he could pretty much do it the only question i have is like how fast is he when he's pulling and that that would be the thing is is he going to be a good puller uh and you know and the Giants do do a lot of pulling you know for across the field and everything with their guards. They don't just pull to go outside. They pull to go across and go back to get guys. So that that would be the only thing. But you can teach anybody anything. If he has the ability to pull and he has the ability to, uh you know, pick up the twist and the blitz on the inside, then yeah, I mean, he, he wants to play. So I'm sure that if, if that came up as an opportunity and he could do it, you know, can you imagine him and, and Thomas on the same side? You know, that, that height, that much that much man over there. <laughs> but if, if it did work out, if you brought somebody in, If the other kid, if they drafted a kid that comes in and he couldn't play tackle and Neil beats him out, then that kid could play guard. The problem is that when you bring them into camp together, they're gonna spend the entire camp trying to get ready to play that position. And if you're auditioning them both for that position, it's going to be hard to convert or move one into to guard. You have
4: to make that decision rather quickly, right?
2: That position has to be chosen pretty much. Hey, look, this is we want to try you at. You know, let's do this now.
4: If you waited till the start, what if you let him compete in the spring and then at the start of training camp you put him in a guard? Would that be too late or would that be okay?
2: It'd be okay, but again, like, it, it's so uh, – again, we – we have such a hard time evaluating... Well, I'm not one of the guys. I'm not going to say, it, but I have such a hard time evaluating a guy when the guys are in, are in they're basically in pajamas the entire time.
4: Yeah, right. So could you even have a real competition exactly. in the spring because These are not like, playing real football. It's a great point. Yeah, it's and it's point. like
2: so. And then like when you get to training camp, you're how I many? You're almost a week into training camp before you able are able to put the pads on, and that's the first time you're going to see. Okay, can these guys pick it up? What are they doing? You know, if you rotate both guys. One to tackle, one at guard this week. One to tackle, one at guard next week. And you give them both reps that way, maybe. But it's very hard to kind of evaluate guys and see if they can do what you need them to do. No, I'm with you,
4: Jeff. What's your second point?
0: Okay, uh, well, well, good answer. And I guess the larger point is, in one fell swoop, if you get like you know the best say offensive lineman available in the draft, you might actually be able to uh, uh, fill two positions, which might solve basically the entire offensive line. Oh, uh, well, thanks. Great answer, though. You know, I consider hmm. Howard my favorite expert on flopping. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. Um, and I would like to make a comment about Saquon, though. Uh, uh, I, I kind of disagree with Hugo. I do think we have to uh, sign him because you got to realize he did what he did last year with, like, the worst offensive line in the league. No, so no. I, I think that, you know, you've got to realize that. So, um, all right, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your show. And uh, I, uh, I'll get off and let some other uh, – People call him,
4: Thank you, Jeff. Let's go to Ron in New Jersey. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, Ron.
3: Hey, guys. You're talking about a lot of what I was talking about, but I was thinking about. Go ahead. So with, with, with Joe Walt, um, I'm not a college football fan, uh, but I've learned from listening to you guys regularly, and I super support that we need a stronger line. But I keep hearing from you guys we can get guards in the second round and the third round. If we go for and off, and I don't even know what side of the field he plays on, is that a, a like sort of an admission that Evan Neal's not making it, or how does he fit into the scheme?
2: You draft the best player available, and, period. And and, and yeah. if you don't draft the best player available, then you pick a guy, and then later on you're watching that other guy play very well, and you start to think, man, <laughs> we passed on him for this guy that's not playing. And and you know I've seen that happen. To a lot of teams, I've even seen that happen to this team.
4: And Joel has <laughs> played left tackle. I've seen it go D- the D- other D- way And Joe th- and th- Alt, mm. by the way, has been a left tackle at Notre
3: Dame. Yeah. Okay, so that that's what I mean, Because I've seen a lot of these mock drafts, and I know, John, we have three months of these conversations, <laughs> yep. but are, are people who are mocking Joel basically saying what? They're, Where does he go?
4: well uh, I think you would. I think the, the people that are doing those mock drafts, I think they are going to slot him in a right tackle, and you trust that he can move to that side. He's a very good and athlete. And you can do that. Yeah, I mean, look, he's a guy that played tight end and wide receiver in high
3: school. Believe yes. it or not, he did not know that. Okay. Yeah, his
4: dad, who was a former NFL offensive lineman that yeah. played against Howard, I'm sure many mm-hmm. times, he actually purposely made sure. That alt did not move to the offensive line until I think the, either the very end of his high school career or the very start of his college career, because he wanted him to work on his footwork and his yeah, athleticism absolutely. as a tight end. So when he moved to the offensive line, he would have a lot of built-in athleticism, so he could be more successful as a left tackle. And then, frankly, if you watch him at Notre Dame, pretty good. Plan worked. <laughs> he's, really, he's really good. And,
2: and the other and the other thing about that is that you know teams might move up to get him. So you know he's he's that pretty he's that big of a prospect.
4: Yeah, and and, and well, that's I, the thing I, I right both now. Back, right? Yeah, and, and Ron, real quick, the, the the top two offensive linemen in this draft are Alt and Howard. Mentioned this before, Olu uh, Fashinu from, from Penn State. State. Mm-hmm. Both of them are left tackle. So both of those guys, if you do select them early, with it, you're not moving Andrew Thomas, right? You're going <laughs> to yeah. have to move right. one of those two guys to the right side and. You know, I'm sure they have a way to talk to these coaches. Maybe Notre Dame worked, worked all at the right side in practice a little bit. He Maybe started. Did, yeah, did
2: he play left tackle his entire career? I don't remember that. He
4: did in 22 and 23. Let me double check 21. Mm-hmm. I will double check. But that you right
2: know, now. The, he, but he had, like I said when you come out and you're a basketball player and you're a tight end and you, you're moving from side to side, you can do a lot.
4: Yeah, he 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 played left tackle in 21 as well.
2: Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm
3: but you, you, you guys, not you personally, but the show has mentioned many times that you, you can't or it'd be real difficult to move Evan Neal to guard. Do you think that's true? or? Well, I mean,
4: I, I think there were various opinions on the show, to be honest with you. I think different people think right. different things. Fair you know, enough. I, I think Paul is more concerned about moving him to guard than... than I, I would. That's something I, I'd be willing to try. I,
2: I don't have a concern with it. I think that he played guard in okay. college as well. I think he can move to a. He could play several spots. If, yes. Now know, would so. I would okay. I go
4: out of my way, Ron, to to go mm. draft an offensive tackle to move him? No, but if you get there. And according to your scatting reports, the, your best player on the board by far is an is an offensive tackle, mm-hmm. and you think he's going to be a, a, an all pro tackle for fifteen years like Andrew Thomas is. Well, of course, I, I think you have right. I think you have a hard time. And by the way, like I I think Fashanu and Alt are probably going to be graded higher than any of the offensive tackles over the last couple years that have been in the draft. To be yep. quite honest with you, oh, so okay. um, I would understand why you would do that, but I would not go out of my way to do that. You know what I mean?
3: I do. Hey, quick question. I didn't mention this one to Pearson, and this might be out there. No, fine. Am yeah. I crazy? To, am I crazy to think Leonard Williams can come back to our team? Is that too much money? Is he past the stage? That's like, a lot
2: of money.
4: <laughs> good, a good question. Yeah, too much money? Not wrong. Good question. I don't know what Leonard's. You know, what <laughs> is so. what, what is Leonard going to prioritize in free agency now? He's got paid a lot of money in his career, right? He's yep. gotten paid a ton, right? Is he going to prioritize getting a payday, or is he going to prioritize going to a team where he can win a playoff game? You know, the only and playoff game boy, it wouldn't be a. Great difference. Yeah, the only the only playoff game Leonard Williams has ever won was here with the Giants yep. last year. Okay. So what's well, his I'd like priority? To have him back no, look, and I think okay. he would fit. I think they could use him. But again, that's a big part I of your own season that, That's resources. why I didn't know if
3: I was crazy, but okay.
4: no, you aren't crazy. Right, hey, I wouldn't really. I appreciate the call, Ron. I think the Giants would probably not want to focus on spending money on guys in their 30s. That, that would be my <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think they want to get as young as possible and as, as good as possible, as quickly as possible. I think Leonard Williams is probably one of the top interior D-linemen in, in the league. He's still explosive. He He's can really he, he can still get after it like at a, a super high level because when he left the team, I think he was playing like 80-plus percent of the plays when he was in the game. So you just got to be mindful of the fact that that's a lot of wear and tear on a guy's body. Uh, but it, he is great buddies with, with with Big Sexy Dexy so if the two of them came back and played together I mean they could have a really good year he turns 30 in June by the yeah, way yeah they'd have a really good year next year and then my question would be how many good years you're gonna have at, at 30 plus? That's that's what we have to worry about.
4: And he stayed healthy all year too. Remember, yeah, he had all he, the injury, he had all the injury problems in 2022, where he kind of dealt with the shoulder, shoulder the el-
2: the shoulder, the elbow. That you know, yeah, I think
4: yeah. he had stinger issues, and he yeah. had he had five and a half sacks this year for yeah. an interior defensive lineman. That's, that's good. really
2: good. Yeah. That's really so how.
4: He could still play, but again, with where the Giants are coming off a 6 1 year, do you want to invest big money in a guy that's going to turn 30? You're, you're invest, you want to invest. You want to try
2: to play. keep as many young contracts as possible when you're doing this. That's, I think that's what they're. I mean, good that, good. that would be my choice if yeah. I was trying to do it.
4: And, and the one good thing is that the, the two top guards on the market, Robert Hunt, who's a tackle who came in as a tackle, got moved to guard mm-hmm. uh, by the Dolphins. He's only 27. Mm-hmm. And then Kevin Dotson, who was a guard for the Rams this year, who was previously with the Steelers, got traded to the Rams in the offseason. He's also only 27. Okay. So if you want to target one of those two top guards, you're getting a guy in his mid to late 20s. That's what you're looking for. Where if you sign him to, let's say, a five-year deal, mm-hmm. he's still only going to be 31 or 32 when that deal's up, which yeah. is kind of what you're looking for.
2: And that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, absolutely.
4: 201 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. Tim and Charleston's up next. Hi, Tim.
1: Hey, John. Hey, Howard. Great to talk to you guys again. Um, so, where is um, wh- where in the
4: world is Tim calling from today? I always like to play that game with you, Tim. <laughs> Are you at the bar I today? At,
1: I am. I am at the bar today. I'm having some chicken tenders that's with honey hilarious. mustard, my my it. my cigar, and my beer. You know, chicken tenders or chicken yeah, wings? Chicken tenders. Chicken or t- tenders. Okay, so you go contenders. boneless.
4: You go boneless. Okay, interesting.
1: Well, these, yeah, it's, uh, boneless chicken wings are BS. There's no they're not mean, wings. They're just white meat. That they're basically boneless you know, nuggets.
4: Yeah, bo- bo- boneless chicken wings are chicken nuggets. I mean, that's what they are. Correct. Yeah,
1: but yes. but they but they give you. I mean, they give you a big order here. I gotta, you know, <laughs> if anyone's into a Charleston, come to O'Brien's.
4: Um, how Games many tenders Island. do you have? How many tenders do you have
1: on that plane what, 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 uh, they gave me they Generally gave me three hum- to start with and I'm probably going only, only gonna eat one and take the other two home see now are are, are,
4: are these like the really big long tenders <laughs> that are good like five six inches long or are they like oh, little geez, nuggets? The-
1: These things are like the size of the palm of your hand. Okay, so they're like chicken cutlets almost.
4: Okay, I got it. Yeah,
1: yeah. They're basically chicken cutlets. Yeah, they're not little, little things. So anyway.
4: (laughs) Tommy DeVito would approve. Okay, what do you got, for Tim? To
1: to get to the Giants, (laughs) you know, it's funny. It's because everyone who has called in and your comments have been exactly what I wanted to talk about, which is here's my feeling, and I want to talk about the draft, and and it's— Touch on free agency just a little bit. Um, first, I'll, I'll do the free agency thing first, which is you know I love Xavier McKinney, but we're not paying him fifteen plus million dollars year to play safety. Well, to my it fairness, I don't pay. think
4: I don't think any NFL team is paying him fifteen million dollars to play safety. No, not really
1: right Yeah, now. but uh, all right. So so you yeah, know, but he but somebody's going to want to pay him more than we're going to want to pay. Him. That's possible. That's what I'm saying. Um, so. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I, go bite ahead. Of my, I just took a bite of my chicken, one of my chicken hedges. I apologize. Don't do it um, while
4: you're calling, Tim. Come on. That's funny. That's terrible. I apologize. Chewing on the air? My... Come on. Uh, you, well,
1: you don't hear me chewing.
4: No, um, but if you just took a bite, I know what you're you,
1: doing. We let
2: him talk? We. <laughs> All right.
1: So, So, and then the other thing is, you know, Saquon should have taken that two year deal last year. I mean, because like the, I think it was Hugo who was the first caller said, you know, I don't think they're offering him more than ten million a a year guaranteed for two years, you know, so but and and we and we have less cap space that I would like to have this year. I would like to have like forty five million, but we've got like under thirty so um and we 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 got to improve our guards so i'm saying you know i've said this like at least twice before so we sign a guard we draft a guard cuz you can get a guard in the second or third round right but mm-hmm. top pick my feeling is 100% if he's there joe all and, and I'm not usually somebody who locks into a guy at a pick so much. But here, here's my feel. If you go back to the, Andrew Thomas has been with the team, what, four or five years? Um, Evan, four years, I guess. Evan Neal has five. been with the team now uh, uh, two years. Mm-hmm. If you look at the percent of the snaps that they have actually been able to play, the percent of the games they've actually been able to start. It's not great. No, that's a fair point. It's not, it's not great. So my feeling is, you know what? If you have too many excellent offensive, even if, even if Evan Neal develops and becomes a top tier offensive tackle, like Andrew Thomas has been, you can't have too many great offensive tackles given these guys injury histories so draft you know all or you know I, I, I you mentioned the guy at penn state i don't remember his name
4: but, mm-hmm. all
1: right so get us get us another offensive tackle exactly. so at least we know we have two healthy offensive tackles every damn week I agree you know, with I'm, that
4: Tim as a theory but don't make that the reason you pick the player either you know what I mean
1: no okay 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 that's that that's completely fair you know if if there's like howard said if there is you know you draft the best player available if he's a, if he's an edge rusher if he's whatever he is mm-hmm. you draft him but you know but but I just feel like we need a lot more quality depth there, given the injury history of both these guys. Because honestly, Andrew Thomas has been hurt a lot too. Um well, so, the, the entire and, and,
2: offensive line was hurt this year, so that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I, it was crazy. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. But you, you know who I would like to get in the draft at some point. Who's that? the The next Howard Cross, <laughs> because that would make our team so much better. They up don't up make tight that. ends
4: like Howard anymore, Tim. Really?
2: Like no, oh, I, I, I mean, unfortunately. Now we're although, or offensive, offensive tackle, tackles yeah. is what you are, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Although although Howard does like Daniel Bellinger. Yeah. And I mean he's he's not Howard Cross, but 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 you know, but I would I would I would I would like to draft you, <laughs> Howard, if you were 21 years old again. You know, this year. That you know, the mean, only I problem, that that Tim... I don't know if I'd be coming
2: out. I'd be trying to get that extra Tim. NIL money. <laughs> yeah,
3: appreciate <laughs> the call.
4: Appreciate the call, Tim. I don't know if I want to deal with the locker room issues that come along with this guy, though, no, either. You know, he's very issue? disruptive. Yeah, right. Big mouth. always yeah. told, He's always locker room lawyering yeah. back there. It's, nah, it's nah. big problem. I, I
2: was like, just I believed in me the whole time. <laughs> I don't care what everybody else thinks. Uh, go, oh, you're a six-round pick? Man, I should have been first. What are you talking about? Let's go to John
4: in New Jersey. He's up next year on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey, John.
6: Hey, guys. How are you? We're good. We're good. Nice to talk to you, Howard. I haven't talked to you yet.
2: Hey, good to talk to you.
6: Okay, hey, so um, I called in uh, a while ago with you and uh, Schmuck and uh, Paulie. Um, but I think definitely I want to talk about the draft. Yeah. Um, my number one is definitely. If he's there, we got to get him. And if we have to move Neil around, we got to do it because I'm telling you. I, I was looking at his tape a little bit. I started getting really into the draft and watching people's tapes and trying to like you know get an idea of how they picked. Cause I think it's fun and I don't know. Just Alt is like you said. He was a tight end in uh, you know high school or whatever. He, he very nimble. He can move. I feel like Neil is he can't move as fast. And if we have to move him, I think Alt is going to be a phenomenal player. And I'm tired of passing up really good players and like oh we could have picked him. We could have picked him. And then we didn't – he's a stud. We need to start getting studs on these lines. Because even if we get a receiver that's really great, if if we don't block for Daniel, <laughs> how are we going to throw the ball to him? You know what I mean? Remember, John, there and are it, other it, it, ways,
4: though, to improve the offensive line besides using the sixth overall pick on one, too. Like, there are other ways to address this issue. You know, like, if yeah. you go out there no, and, right. and you and you sign the top guard on the market and then, you let's say, you use your first, second-round pick on a guard – I, I would yeah. feel pretty good about yeah. the line heading into next year in that situation. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
6: if we could sign somebody that's, that is really great and we could sign them, then, yeah, let's, let's pick a, let's pick neighbors. Let's pick Brock Bowers, of course. Mm. Like I said, if okay. Alt isn't there, if Alt's not there, then, yeah, I want to get Brock Bowers. I want to get neighbors, of course, because I think those two guys are going to be phenomenal, and I think we definitely need a tight end. I love Bellinger, but I don't think Waller's that dude. Hey John, and,
4: and you hit it. That's the beauty. That, that that's the beauty <laughs> of this draft, where there are yep. enough elite players, especially with the first Actually. three picks all being corner quarterba- likely to be quarterbacks, mm-hmm. where yep. you're going to have an elite offensive lineman or an elite wide receiver. Take your yep. pick. That's mm-hmm. going to be there. So it, it gives you, you some flexibility. Round, yeah, yeah. That too. And you're gonna have it's a deep offensive line class, a deep wide receiver class. Mm-hmm. So you can get one of those another one of those guys if you want at the top yeah. of the second round. You can get a wide receiver with your second second round pick. You can that's get a good crazy. wide receiver with your third round pick. Yeah. This class is so deep. Yeah. So deep. you're gonna have a lot of flexibility based on what's gonna happen and what you do in free agency. Will dictate a lot of what you do in the draft. because that's then going to alter what yeah, your needs? Exactly. Are.
6: Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because I don't think I don't think that we're going to keep McKinney. I like Belton. Yeah, I think he. I think Belton could definitely improve. And I like uh, Pinnock. So I. And then, like I said, you got the fourth round. We could probably draft a safety or a corner, another corner. But the first two rounds, we got to definitely either get the stud lineman or all-star receiver, tight end. One of those guys, definitely, though. That's just what I think. And then we play around in the second and third rounds with the other guys that we may need. But we have to get somebody that is going to produce, that is going to be elite from here on out. And we can't miss on that. And we got to start with that lineman. Or, you know, I I like the tight end. I'm really hoping for Bowers because I really believe that he's going to be something else. And I don't know. But, yeah, that's it. No, good stuff,
4: John. I appreciate it. i got to be honest with you. Listen. I I like the variety of thought. I'm surprised I have we haven't had more all-in on um, picking a wide receiver in the first round calls. Well, I think We haven't really gotten a lot of those, have we? Even in I, the last I, couple weeks. I don't think no. people know.
2: I don't think they know them, even though there's a lot of them. I don't think people know them. I think they know Marvin Harrison Jr.
4: I mean, they mm-hmm. should know a Washington did go to the college football finals.
2: Yeah, but to, you know, and they talked about a a lot, but Washington didn't win.
4: I don't know, and, Mar- <laughs> Mar- and you know how many good shooters Man. have come out of you for out of LSU. Yeah, from league neighbors to own every one of those wide receiver records for yeah. that school. Yeah, it's impressive. He is, he, guys. I'm telling you. How he tall is, is he? He's about five eleven,
2: six foot. Okay, so you know that's what that's what people are gonna look at. Like, okay, he's like an average height receiver. He's not gonna be like this big tall, kill you kind of guy. He but he's, he he runs great routes. He, he were, has great he hands.
4: He reminds me of Odell Peckham Jr. Yeah.
2: He runs great routes. He has be great honest, hands. With you. Yeah.
4: He reminds me of Odell, and You know, we talked about it coming out that year with Odell, and you know, we know what the talk was about him. But everything you hear about neighbors is that he is not a diva wide receiver. (laughs) He does dirty work. He likes to practice. He does all that stuff. So I I think the off the field stuff that you sometimes get with some of these top wide receivers, and Mm -hmm, we're seeing mm -hmm. it now even in Dallas with Ceedee Lamb's mom hitting Reddick like killing the quarterback, which is just crazy. Um, and Mike I think Michael Parsons brother was out there killing the court it's this, just this some wild stuff going down. Yeah, down, on just,
2: just you gotta have you, you have a mi- right. medium for people to speak and they speak and they go like, oh, well oh you're related so and so that give you gives you a bigger voice I think that's weird I'm a
4: relative of one of these guys like, I mean just but it's weird. shut up uh, it's weird, but I though down
2: hey but now they got their 15 minutes of fame I know
4: but I mean can, can you show some <laughs> professional respect? to they're, your brother or son your family member that's are on a not team professional athletes no but you need to, i mean how can you not run that by your 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 i don't know but again,
2: i don't know. you're not professional athletes I
4: know. <laughs> it's just it's 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 not it's in very poor taste in yeah, my opinion it is you know that, that's like uh, that's like me going on twitter and like killing my wife's boss like I look at, I look at, like, then like, she you do that. Be,
2: then she's working from home for free. Yeah, yeah.
4: So, so just at home, <laughs> not working yeah. home from home. Yeah. She's just at home.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, I guess, come on, I guess, like,
4: show some respect to like your if your family. If, member, if your family's
2: you? on a minute, if you if you post on any any of these things, I don't care what it is, if you post anything, anytime, whatever it is, and you have a kid that's playing a sport or a brother or or whatever, you might post about your family. Now the thing is to me that's funny is that people are looking for it to find.
4: Like, would you ever go on Twitter and blast the Notre Dame coaching staff? No, but, but of course my, not. But
2: my point is, is like, Howard some, Sun plays in Notre Dame. With the so, people that don't someone's know. looking for that, to, like, someone looked for his mother on Facebook. Are. Like that, her, I, I'm sure she doesn't have a hundred thousand followers. Yeah, I, I have no idea. Yeah, but someone's looking for that to put that up. That's what you have to think about. Like before today, did you know who uh, uh, his brother was? Did you know? No, I, no right. he had, I know. Had, he had nothing on him no anywhere. Idea. But he says that, and they're like, people are trolling, looking for, him. like, oh, wait a minute, is that his brother? Let me let me put that out there. Like, can you believe he said that? Like, I feel that's like
4: Dax's brother might
2: have said something once. Well, da- before, I think I Dax's remember. brother's been very, uh, I would say, active. You know? Tad,
4: right? Tad Prescott, I think something I, I like that. I have no idea. I am d- d- right about that. I don't laugh, <laughs> no. Pierce, I think I should have it correct.
2: Yeah, and he's like, you know, Stephen A. Smith show, whatever ESPN. Yeah, like, Tad uh, Prescott. Yeah, they're they're all like, you know, he has his. He's built a little like little, uh, I don't want to call it a thiefdom, but a little <laughs> little broadcasting kind of off the. The backs or the heels of his of his brother, like I got a famous brother, kind of moment, and it's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But that's that's what he's doing.
4: Yeah, but then he's saying again. I didn't read the quotes. So apparently, he's saying that his brother wants out. But then you're speaking for your brother. Like, I mean, he did on, not he say
2: did... Dak wanted out. Hold on. He me... said he would like to see Dak. Is out. that what he said? He said he would okay. like to see Dak.
4: Out. So I see bad headlines. That's why you got to read more yeah, than the headlines yeah, here.
2: Yeah, exactly. um, yeah, Dak's not asking to be out of Dallas.
4: Yeah, I mean he can't. He's a your trade clause, so yeah. he really can't. Yeah, you know, I mean, unless he I mean, waves that. Yeah, he's I don't think for, Dallas I, wants him. Out of this. He's up, and he's up for a big contract. <laughs> yeah, he is up yeah, for a big contract. Absolutely. 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 So it's it's just really really bizarre. <laughs> anyway, two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Let's wrap up the show with in Columbia, Maryland. Hello, Leonard. Hey, Len. hey guys. How you doing? Very Happy off season, You seem good. very chipper hey. today.
7: Yeah. Well, I'm going to start positive, John. Oh. <laughs> <Uh-oh. laughs> All right. I'll start positive. I don't know why the following little tidbit fascinates me so much and maybe and maybe you guys know the answer to this question i think this is going to be the first draft where within the first and i'm going to say eight picks maybe it's seven picks um there'll be two kids from the same high school drafted in the first eight picks who's that of the draft well I, I, i want you to guess along well i want you to guess but i'll tell you who the first one is so we can move along caleb williams Tell me who the second
2: one is. He's uh, an
7: offensive line. He's an offensive lineman.
2: It would have to be the kid from Penn State, or yeah, the, there you go. Probably, right? There you yeah, go. Yeah. There
7: you go. It's a kid from Penn State, mm-hmm. Gonzaga High School, District of Columbia. Two kids off the same team in the first eight picks. I don't know if that's ever happened before.
4: I, hey, you know I, what is funny. I didn't realize Len that Caleb Williams went to high school on the East Coast. I thought he was a West Coast kid. He, he went down to Maryland. No, no, no he was, no, he was no, a Maryland this kid. This no, this kid. This okay.
7: I well, didn't know yeah, that. he went to, okay. to Gonz. He went to Gonzaga High School in the district. I,
4: I, and I and I will say this straight up: the one thing I do not follow at all is like high school recruitment or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. I don't know about until I start Tran, getting into the draft now. I don't and get and into would, any of that where these kids went to high school it's stuff. Like doc, it's Like yeah. the yeah, Dr Pepper yeah, okay. commercial. Yeah,
7: <laughs> I just got fascinated by two two top That's eight picks going to the same high school at the same time. And and Howard, tell me, how did Caleb Williams get away from Notre Dame? I mean, if you can't, you know, Catholic high school, man, you got to get that kid.
2: You know, I, I will. I will say this: that all the schools that I've seen, like especially what we call the SEC of high school football up here, they don't all go to Catholic schools. They just, yeah. they just don't. They, you know, I know a, a few of them will, but if they can go to Michigan and Alabama or an Ohio State, they always choose one of those schools first.
7: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, um, safety, um, Delper from Cleveland, signed for three years, $36 thirty-six million, twenty-three guaranteed.
2: Okay. That's How
7: about that for McKinney?
2: I
4: think that's the ballpark you're talking
2: about. That's pretty high, but that's about where it's. That's probably the, the base floor of it. Probably.
4: I mean, look, I, I, I think McKinney's agent will probably go out there and show the Jesse Bates contract around, and that's where they're going to start. Mm-hmm. I don't think teams will go there. Maybe they will, and you know it'll be a landing Collins situation where, where where he gets what he wants and he goes. But I think that I think the Delpit deal was probably uh, a decent feel then for where the thing could work. And up.
2: and they're gonna yeah. and they're gonna start treating safeties a little bit like running backs, and and it's sad to say, but they're gonna like devalue them for some reason or another, yeah. and that's gonna gonna be bad. Uh,
7: now, one thing we got to remember about that position on 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 our team, his replacement is not on this roster. No. He's not on the roster. It's a hole. Another hole. If he disappears, then he's a good player. He's a good player. I would advocate for it. Howard, real quickly, if we need an offensive tackle, if we want to draft an offensive tackle, okay. what's wrong with drafting Blake Fisher from Notre Dame?
2: The right tackle. Well, you'd probably, The right tackle. You'd get him probably in the, in the second or third round. Or maybe, oh, I'll bet or, he'll – Or maybe okay. even later.
7: Uh, yeah, there you go. I was I was going to say I'm hoping he lasts till the fourth. Yeah. I'm not advocating for it because we got a lot of holes. But mm-hmm. you know that's the kind of guy he, he plays right tackle. He's good. He's also played a little left tackle I think early in his career. Howard. Yep, he did. Um, but he's he's primarily a right tackle. And I he would get out to the fourth round, that might be something. You know, you know, we'll see what happens. See what the reports. John's going. Well, I don't think he's going to any of the uh, to these. Uh, to these games. I you, have not seen
4: his name pop up yeah, on no, either no, roster, which is surprising by the way. Unless he's in with some type of injury I'm not aware no, of. They, they, yeah,
2: they're just like when they do the tackles and stuff, you have to be so dominant at your spot, and I think that Alt barely gave up any pressure. And the other, and the other kid may have given up a couple sacks. So that that, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that turns, you know. Also, ones.
7: you know, he may have dinged his knee toward the end of the season too. That that may be one of the reasons, Sean.
4: Maybe. Mm-hmm. I'm, he I'm may not i be, sure, be honest be dinged. with you. I don't know. Yeah,
7: yeah, yeah, yeah. He may be dinged. Um, John has heard me say this before, Howard. Okay. And, and we, got, we got at least one more time to watch this player play this upcoming Sunday. And um, that's the left guard on, on the Ravens. Okay. Simpson, number 76. He's, um, he'll be an undrafted. Well, he'll, 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 He was an undrafted free agent. But he will be an unrestricted free agent. Watch this guy. He's pretty good. I'm not sure the Ravens are going to let him slip away. But this is a kind of an under-the-radar guy. He's going to cost money. He's going to cost some money. But it's not going to be, you know, it's not Dotson money.
4: He was a Um, fourth-round pick, by the way, Len. He wasn't undrafted. He was a fourth-round pick out of Clemson. Mm Mm-hmm.
7: Um, he was picked at pick one hundred and nine. Sorry, that's okay. sorry. Yes, he had a, he had a terrific college career. Oh yeah, he was Plum, great. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But he's an unrestricted free agent. Something happened with the Raiders, and the only thing I'd be worried about, John and Howard. You know, our new offensive line coach comes from the Raiders. He may, have, he may have been with the Raiders when this guy was released by the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So, but still, he. I've been watching him. He looks pretty good, guys. Take a look at him on Sunday.
4: Well, he was waived... Yeah, you're right. He was waived at the end of the year, the first year he was with Brasillo in Vegas. So my guess is that if he was waived... By the team that has our new yeah. offensive line coach, yeah, might not be a target. <laughs> yeah, it might not be. It might not be a
7: target. But
2: listen, don't, don't, this kid it can may play. Not, take may away. not been <laughs> the coaches May not been the coach's uh, decision. That that that's, the, all, that. that's always a problem, too. That is also mm-hmm. true. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times, yeah. you
4: know, you have issues with the head coach or something like that. No, and, not
2: issues. It's not even issues. Like you're, you're fighting. You got. You, you need somebody really badly, right? And you have to like make a decision. And mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah. well, we can afford to lose this guy. But we need this to come to the table. And, Len, you're right. He
4: would be a lower-cost alternative oh, yeah. than the other two oh, guys yeah, I yeah. talked about. Mm-hmm. That would be at the and, top of the And market.
7: listen, if we signed him tomorrow, he'd be the best guard on our team.
2: <laughs> okay. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> so,
7: no, okay. All right. All right. So, so watch him on Sunday. Look, I've been waiting two weeks, Sean and Howard. I, I, I wanted to settle down after the season was over. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this, this roster's a mess. It's a mess. Geez, I, I mean, let me let me tell you where I think the long range is with this roster. Now, I know we're going to improve it in free agency, try to improve it in free agency and in the draft, and, oh, you know, hopefully, you know, wishing and praying and hoping some of these players are going to mature and get better. Um, the, this team is a year away from being a year away. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, I don't know whether that's. Building the team or rebuilding the team? If it's Because we're talking, if we do the arithmetic on what I said, mm-hmm. it's three years out. It's three years out. Brian doesn't have three years. He's in a tough spot. So is Joe Shane. They're in a tough spot to turn this thing around. This, this, is, this is not a good roster. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have enough stars. The cupboard is not there. I mean, we got, we got Dexter. <laughs> uh, you know, we got to live. We got Andrew. We got Barkley. We got McKinney. Okay. You, know, you know, there's some there's some groceries in the cupboard, but the shopping list is long. I mean, it's really long. Well, then,
4: look. Here's Len. Here's what you need. And you're right. I mean, I was going through this the other day too. Right. And look. Pass rusher's in need because Ojolari can't stay healthy, right? Improvement on the yeah. offensive line is, he, is in need. Okay. Wide receiver's in need. If Adoree Jackson doesn't get re-signed, cornerback <sighs> is in need. If Xavier McKinney leaves, safety's in need. If Saquon Bargain doesn't re-signed, running back is in need. So,
7: well, there you go. The unknowns are
1: unbelievable. But, but, we,
4: here's yeah. what you need. In order in order to make this a faster process than what you think it's going to be, you need yeah. the guys that you've already drafted to play to their potential, right? You, you need Ojolari to be... The guy that's healthy all 16 games and and be a productive pass rusher. First off,
2: that's not happening.
4: Well, I'm just telling you what you need. I'm not telling you what's happening. Mm -hmm. You need Evan Neal to step up and be a really good starting, quality right tackle for you. You need Kayvon Thibodeau to be a more consistent game-in, game-out pass rusher. All right? so That's someone that is really, really good in every single game. You need a really good year, but there are too many games where I don't think you heard enough from him. Okay? Okay. Be more consistent. You need... Um, John Michael Schmitz to step up and start a, a you know approaching to be a really really borderline Pro Bowl level yeah. type center right okay. you you know okay. you need Jalen Hyde yeah. to step up to be a legitimate really good number two wide yeah. receiver those yeah. are the type of things you need if this team is going to take that big jump quicker than you want and look that's what you need right you need the guys okay. that you draft to become really good players uh, yeah. what, what, else, okay. what you, you really you miss, need and you miss you i'm sorry howard uh, go what, ahead. what
2: you really need is for, for your guys the your big time guys your guys you expect to be good to stay healthy yeah
4: yeah correct yeah if you yeah, if, if, okay, that's
2: a good start if you can get them start. if they stay no, healthy then a lot of other stuff isn't as far off as you think
7: i agree with that okay eight we we saw eight teams over the weekend Mm-hmm. Uh, three t- three tight ends per team. That's if I, if my arithmetic is correct. That's twenty four. We saw twenty four tight ends, approximately mm-hmm. twenty four tight ends this week. Okay. Don't jump all over me, Howard. Fifteen of them can start on the Giants.
2: <laughs> you think so? Uh, we need
7: two t- Howard. We need tight ends. Come on.
2: Yeah, we we definitely need tight Daniel ends.
7: Daniel can play. Daniel can play in the NFL. He's not a starter. That not uh, starter, Bellinger. You're talking
2: about. Yeah, you talking about Bellinger. Yeah.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Bellinger. Yeah. Bellinger.
2: I like. I happen yeah. to like Bellinger. I, I think he's. Yeah. A okay. One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well,
7: I, you know, that's why I say don't jump all over me. I'm when not.
2: i <laughs> Okay. I'm letting okay. you do it. I'm right. letting you do it.
7: All right. All right. Let me let me let me summarize. And thank thank you for keeping me on as long as you have. Um, if we if we got a brand new head coach tomorrow morning, and I'm not advocating for that. Mm. All right. They will deserves a third year, and maybe even into a fourth, okay? Unless things really go off the rail. Um, if we got a new coach tomorrow, we'd be talking about a three-year plan. Hmm. Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Thank
4: you, Len. Well, again, I think a big part of what that plan is depends on the quarterback situation, too, obviously. Because any plan and growth plan you have, the centerpiece of that growth plan is always the quarterback. That's just the I, way it, it look,
3: works in I, the
2: league. I understand what he's saying, and I get it. And I understand because everybody's like, you got to do all these things. You look back at the, at the whole schedule and, and the team and what happened. This is what I think. I think if you get everybody healthy up front, that that's, that you know it's going to be there. Both tackles are super healthy. The center is super healthy. Then you can find one of those guards we've been talking about and name dropping and stuff, put them in there. Your offensive line is pretty much intact, right? Now you, you go and you we keep talking about needing the receiver, needing the receiver, needing the receiver. If the if the if the rate of Hyatt high it picks up, if you keep Slayton and he keeps playing at the at the level he's playing, and they have time, the Wendell Robsons, the the Hodges and the and the, and the guys, they are good enough to make enough plays to to do things. Tight end Bellinger's a good tight end. Will Waller continue to be here? And how many years will he be down the road? Don't know. Bringing in a guy that's. Quote unquote, your receiving tight end is awesome, but you're gonna need another guy that's a hybrid, a Waller slash something. That'll be your third tight end. Outside of that, then you look at your defense. Look, Kayvon Timberdell was a game record. Like he he did it. You know he he picked it up and in, in the middle of the season played even better. Towards the end of the season, game record kind of guy. Like he had a bunch of sacks. He did a good job. A lot of pressures. You couldn't get around the edge. Ojolari loved the kid. He was never healthy. The whole thing about him. He was going to be on a pitch count his entire career. That's what that, that's how they drafted him. They knew that. Get, a, get somebody here that can compa- rush the passer. You get another pass rusher on the other side. Ojalari I mean, it's, you know, can come in and spell him maybe, but you get another pass rusher on the other side. You got Thibodeau on that side. You got big decks in the middle. You get one interior guy, and you need one corner. That's kind of what you have to do. And everybody goes... Well, the, the safety isn't on the team. The safety is on the team. You know, Belton, the, the, he, could, he could play. He had two interceptions the moment he came into the game. He can play. He can play down and force. He can play back. You may lose a little bit of the range from side to side, but you got guys on the team that can play. They're not that far away. They just got to make the guys that they have, before they start picking guys up, they have to make plays. That's a year of, of Hyatt in the weight room getting stronger, He's gonna keep his speed. He just needs to get stronger. That's that you know. That's John Michael Schmitz in the weight room getting stronger. He's already a smart guy. He's already one of the leaders in the lot in, in the in the lineman room, offensive line room. He just needs to be you know a little bit bigger. You have guys here. The cupboard isn't bare, not by a long shot. You just right now you are just trying to fit it all in to make sure it all works.
4: And you gave me the look when I mentioned Thibodeau, and you're right. I should not have put Thibodeau in the same no. <laughs> grouping that I did those other guys. He he has accomplished and played accomplished more and played better than the other guys I mentioned in that group. That's yeah, fair. I mean
2: he's play he's playing at basically almost a Pro Bowl level. Basically, he's right there. Double digit sacks. No, yeah. you're right. That's fair. Yeah, double digits. If he gets double digit sacks that's all fair. the time, that's <laughs> what do you? We can't say much. And everybody goes, well, it's against soft teams or it's garbage, whatever it is. Double-digit sacks, double-digit sacks. I, I tell my son all the time, sacks this, should not be a, a barometer of how good you are because you can make one sack a game, and at the end of the season you could have twelve sacks. You'd be like the greatest player ever. But the, what did you do for the rest of the game? You got smoked the whole rest of the game, but you made that no, one play. Right that. And and I think that's like it's really odd. Uh,
4: and Kavon has turned himself into a very good all-around yeah, player. In terms he played, of plays good. Does. He's even cool he's,
2: he's even played well in coverage. So, like, that, that's hard to do. No, I, yeah, I, I think all oh, that's yeah. fair. All oh, that's fair, 100%. Yeah. No, good
4: point. Howard, good stuff, my man. All right, brother. Always a pleasure. That's this episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football giants. For Pearson, for Howard Cross, I am John Schmelk. We'll see you tomorrow. Lance and I are back for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll see you then.